for this period of Bible study. Please take your Bibles, or like I say down home, take your Bibles or slap your apps and turn to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. I want to consider that in a moment as we think about for what are you searching? If you're searching for the church, we hope that last hour we have answered your question. A place that, of course, we understand was purposed in the mind of God and prophesied of old, promised in the new, purchased by the blood of Christ. And there are people of His possession that are within the church that make up the church. People that strive for worthy living with worthy attitudes. And yes, they are worthy people to help us bear our burdens and to press on. I want you to consider with me two searching verses by way of introduction. You may just want to note these down a little bit. I'm going to slow the pace a little Bible class hour. How about Deuteronomy 4.29? But if from thence thou shalt seek thy Lord, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Seek him. Now in the New Testament, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek Him with all your heart. Seek first the kingdom. That makes us worthy people that realize that we are an example before others. Are you searching for an example? Examples work in every way of life. They do. For example, there's your one. You take a job, and they'll put you with someone, and they'll say, okay, listen to them and let them show you how to do it. You're in school, and there is a problem, say a math problem, and the teacher puts an Example on the board. <laughs> One of our teens came by the building the other day and she said, I am having a tough time with math. And I said, well, Keely, what's up? Two plus two is four. What's the problem? She said, oh, you know what I mean. She said, they show us an example how to do it and then I get the problem and the example doesn't fit and I've got to learn all over again. We understand how example works, how examples work. Recently, Renita and I are trying, another, are trying a new vehicle. And one of the first things I did was get out the booklet because I wanted to learn everything I could about that vehicle. Is it just me or has the day and age of put in D and drive been long gone? I mean, there's every kind of bells and whistles now. You know, I, I, folks, I'm afraid I'm going to be heading down Highway 8. I'm going to hit a button, fly out of the seat, and then some buzzer's going to attack me. <laughs> we understand examples. Listen to me. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2, Paul said, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Every day you and I walk out of our houses, and even within our houses, with family, we are read by everyone. Have you ever had this phrase said unto you, or maybe you have said it? I can read you, y'all finish it, I can read you like a book. People see that in us. You may be the only person 
that identifies the Bible branch, Church of Christ. You may be the only person that identifies the Church of Christ. I promise you there's going to be somebody in conversation that's going to say, something will come up about the Church of Christ, and you just might be the example. Well, I work with a guy that's... and how the phrase is used. I work with a guy that's Church of Christ. You know how they express it, what they mean. Folks, we're not Church of Christ. We're Christians, thus, part of the Church of Christ. But you know how people say it. And someone may come up and say, well, you know, I know someone that way, and, and you may be the example. Now let me ask you a question. This is, this is humbling. This stops me in my tracks. What would they say? What would they say? If you're searching for an example, is it not important that you and I be the right example? Let's think about this. By way of illustration, you all put forth a great example. Tony, I think we'll take that idea if you don't mind. We liked it. We may try that at Eastside. I love that concept. Well, let me, let me update it a little bit. I like that concept. I like that concept of the postcard. You see, when you mail that to somebody, they're going to know it came from you. An example. Was your example worthy that when you sent this, they would be interested? I received this one in the mail. Actually, I have received two. I received this one in the mail. Jeff and Renita. We have a quote-unquote pretty good speaker this year. Hope you can make it. The food will be good at least. I'm going to withhold names. I can't say this. He's a CPE. Cousin, pharmacist, and elder, but I'll let it go. But on a serious note, that's a great example. Tony, how many went out? What, a thousand last I saw? A thousand plus, be easy to say. And that's easy to do. It's very simple, very easy to mail and to send to people, to invite them. And the example behind the stamp would speak greater volumes than a postcard. Now you're at 1 Timothy 4.12. I love 1 Timothy. Timothy, known as a young preacher, and it seemed to believe that Timothy was about 30 at the time of this writing, give or take. A young man. And Paul exhorts him in so many ways of specifics to help him along as one who is growing. Timothy really didn't have it, shall we say, easy. If you think about that day and age, and I always get this backwards, so... Let me slip over to Acts 16.1. Timothy's mother was a Jew and his father was Greek. She was a Jew who believed. She was a Jew that converted to Christianity and his daddy was Greek. Timothy had some challenges just how people would perceive him. That's why Paul took him and circumcised him. To save a lot of trouble he would run into. 
Here's a young man that he says, let no man despise your youth. Folks, look, you can't help it if you're young, and you can't help it if you're old. That's progress of life. I will tell you, it, it, it's funny sometimes. I, I go back and I'll speak at places I haven't been in a while, well, like here. And uh, I went back to speak in Sumner County where we used to live. And there was a guy there one night at the meeting and he looked at me and he said, Jeff, I see you got a little bit of snow on the roof now. For those of you who didn't get it, my hair is a little gray. You with me now? Okay. And folks, here's all I know to say. I'm not worried about the snow on the roof. I'm just thankful I got a roof on my head. <laughs> But you know, we have a tendency how people look at you. I'm not kidding you. I went to speak at a place in my 20s. And I pulled up and this lady looked at me. I introduced myself. She goes, ooh, you're young. What I would give to hear that nowadays. <laughs> but you know, I'm not kidding you. When I started getting a little bit of gray in the temples and a little bit spreading around, People looked at you differently. I'm just being honest. They look at you like, well, you know, maybe he does know what he's talking about. It's funny how that works. Some things I could have said at age 30 would have been funny. At age 40, they'd be silly. At age 50, they're just not becoming. Y'all know what I mean? It, Folks, example is powerful. You never know who's watching. Does that ever spook you a little bit? You never know who's watching. I sat down one day, a young lady seated Renita and I at, a, at, a, at a, one of our local restaurants. And I didn't know this young lady from Adam's house, cat. And she said, I know you. And I said, where have we met? She said, well... You did my grandmother's funeral. I said, well, tell me who your grandmother is. Well, when she told me, then the wheels got turning. After she walked away, Renita looked at me and she said, ain't she glad you're behaving like you should? <laughs> Folks, I'm going to tell you, it is humbling. I, I mean, and, and look, 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 we're all there. We're all there. When you look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 of being an example of the believers, Paul gives these six areas that will help us be the proper example. Now, I'm kind of on a time restraint, so to speak, here, so if you'll give me just a second. Okay. I can spend three hours and 45 seconds, three minutes and 45 seconds on each point. Okay, let's see if we can do this. In word. That's simply, folks, an example of the believers in word that's the things that we say. Write down these passages. Bible class time, if you can put them in the margin of your Bible, that's fine. And those of you with your phones, if you can put them there on your apps. I love the notes app on my phone that I can take notes during sermons and save them and pull them up later and then copy and paste in notes I currently have. So I'm kind of in the technology, uh, the techie thing as well. Not an ace at it. Now Tony, he's the man on it, but me... I'm just learning as I go along. When I got an iPhone, I was convinced that I stands for idiot. So, in word, write down Titus 2 and verse 8. Titus 2, 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned. 
that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Let's be careful, of course, what we say. Write down Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always seasoned or with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In order for speech to come out properly, we have to have knowledge to go in carefully. That's Titus 2, 8 and Colossians 4, 6. Let's think about the things that we say sometimes. Let's be careful with our slang. Let's be careful with our jokes. Watch what we say around people. Watch how things can be taken. Folks, have you ever seen the, the expression OMG? And sometimes people will say, Oh my, and call on the Father. They're not calling on their Father. They're using God's name in vain. Let me give you something else. Research the four-letter word, gosh. It's a euphemism for God. It's just as bad to say it. Let me give you one that I really hit close to home. Have you ever heard somebody say, Oh my law? They're not calling upon the law of the land. What are they doing? They're taking the word Lord and they're trying to euphemize it. Euphemism? Make it a euphemism where it's not as bad. But listen to me, folks. Have you ever heard this phrase, it's not as bad? Do you know what the definition is of not as bad? It's still what, folks? Bad. Let me ask you something, folks. Is a little cancer bad enough? Will a little pregnant change lives of people? First Thessalonians 5 says, Abstain from the very appearance of evil. When you hear the phrase, Pick the lesser of two evils. Folks, I'll start it. You finish it. The lesser of two evils is still, no matter how you cut it. Let's be careful with the things that we say. I will tell you, I was uncomfortable using those euphemisms. And there's, there's a list. I've done lessons on this and I'm very uncomfortable doing it. Be careful what we say. Because you never know who may be listening. Look at the second word. Conversation. We had that last hour. These next three, conversation, charity, and spirit, I'm going to accelerate a little bit. But in conversation, listen to this. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth when I was reading on this recently. The word translated conversation, remember I said we get the English word politics. Well, this is the Greek word politume. Translated over, it can be politics. But it has a meaning of commonwealth. L listen to this. This is pretty fair. In this verse, in chapter, um, in Philippians 1.27, in this word, it is a noun and appears only in this one spot in the New Testament. It may mean citizenship or the commonwealth itself. Citizenship means the rights and the duties of a citizen. And the form of the word there in Philippians 
should be translated commonwealth. But now listen to this carefully. Again, folks, this is Bible class. I want us to dig in this, okay? When it may mean either citizenship, the rights and the duties of a citizen, or the commonwealth itself, which means not only how we do individually, but also how we'll do as what? As a whole. That means that an example of one individual can easily reflect in the minds of many what is the whole. That's why when we think about conversation, and I love Philippians 3.20, our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, or we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a conversation or a lifestyle that is to be worthy of the gospel. So now it's not only with what we say, but it's how we act. How do we respond, say at work, when things don't quite go our way? How do we respond at school if things do not quite go our way? How do we respond to authority in that matter? You know, when I at labor and at East Side, when I meet with the elders, I'm reminded of a piece of advice given by Brother Joe Williams down in Alabama when he told us once. He said, as preachers, you can have your say, but that doesn't mean you can have your way. And I have an eldership that's gracious enough to allow me my say. But when I walk out of that room, I know who the authority I know who is the authority. And when they make a decision based on everything they can put together, they're making that decision what's best for the congregation. Now, I might have expressed my say. There's something that I may not agree with in an area that is not of faith. But they are still the elders and they have that authority. I'll tell you what will do you more harm than good is when we have a tendency to talk about it and make it worse than make it better. So folks, conversation. It's what we say, but also how we act with it. Now remember, and and I know this is a sobering thought, but for what are you searching? If you're searching for an example Are you getting this from the outset that you and I, the example has to start with us? I want to move on to the next word in charity. We dealt with this looking at John 13, 34, 35 last hour and Ecclesiastes 4. John 13 and verse 34 tells it all. That's how people know we are his disciples. Write down these verses. I'll give you three. Write down Colossians 2 and verse 2. Colossians 2 and verse 2, that talks about being knit together in love. I like that phrase. I need to research that phrase a little more. Tony, do you have any thoughts on knit together? Come across that phrase and just study. There's some strength to it that I'm missing. Mending the nets of a fisherman, which means they've got to be at top notch to capture the fish. Excellent point. Thank you, Tony. You know, I put him on the spot. Right, He didn't know I was going to do that. Y'all keep him, all right? Give him a raise. He didn't know I was going to say that either. <laughs> Write down 2 Corinthians 7. 
3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 7, 3 and 4. You know, Paul's feeling for Corinth was to live and die with you. Joyful in all our tribulation. Excellent choice of song, Jeff. Joyful, joyful. We adore thee, that joy we have. It was back in 2005. We lost a young man in a traffic accident. Very tragic. And last year we lost one of our young ladies at Eastside. Auto accident. Log truck hit her. Tragic. But when we lost Brad, be now 11 years this year, there was one of the ladies at church was over at his mom and dad's and she was cleaning up, finishing up some dishes from where we visited. And this lady walked up to her and asked her, she said, can I ask you a question? So do you do this for all of your members? Do you all respond in love to help and to encourage and strengthen one another? And Pat looked at her and just, well, yes, we do. We, we love one another. We try to help one another. And I'll never forget the comment that she told our sister Pat there at church. She said, hmm. She said, you know, maybe I need to change my thinking about the church of Christ. And what were we doing, folks? Loving one another and expressing that love. Now, now watch, watch with example. It's what we say. It's how we live. But it's also how we express to one another. Now, I couldn't wait to get over here. I love you all. I love McMinnville. McMinnville's a wonderful town. Very precious place. It's true. My cousin Don, I learned of McMinnville when he met Judy. And the smartest thing he ever did was marry Judy. second smartest thing he ever did was have Delaney. And so I'm great. I told that to Delaney this morning. She said, I'm number two. <laughs> Let's look at spirit. I'm not going to elaborate long on here. Spirit is attitude. And we understand that attitude of our zeal and our labors. But Romans 10, 2 talks about a zeal according to knowledge. So, so that zeal grows with knowledge. And also, Titus 2.14, a zeal of good works. But it's the right attitude. I love to be around people with a good attitude. Now, I didn't want to spend long on conversation, charity, and spirit because we spent last hour doing that. This allowed me to work on the other two. But are, are you seeing how this example is, is building? It's not only what I say, but it's how I present myself how I present myself also in love one to another and in expression of love and also in spirit, having the right attitude. I know this is Bible class hour. I will pause if you have a comment or a question. Is there a verse I gave you I went a little too fast that I can give you again? Are you all just going to sit there and let me keep talking and let me get done so you all can eat? Is that more it? Hey, my body's on Eastern time. My lower intestine about to sue my upper, so I'm ready myself. Let's talk about faith. Example of the believers in faith. Now watch. In word, what we say, conversation, how we live. In charity or love, expressing love. And also in spirit, right attitude. 
What helps those four be the best they can be? May I submit to you, or may I submit to you, faith. Faith we note as belief or trust in God, fighting the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.11. And of course, the complete system of faith, the gospel, that we contend for in Jude 3 and that we all come in a unity of the faith at the time of Ephesians 4.11. Understand the complete grasping, the complete giving of the faith, the gospel. When we have that in our grasp, then that book allows you and I to grow in our example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit. That book helps us be the example we can be. And if you're searching for an example, the book is full of them. And when there are people that are searching for rest and for the church, they're going to find it initially by our example. Write these passages down. After all, we've got to grow. Write this down. Ephesians 4.24 The new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Alright, if he's created in righteousness, write down 1 Peter 2.2 Desire the sincere milk of the word as a newborn babe that you may grow thereby. So we're creating righteousness, but we need to grow in righteousness. Now, Colossians 3.10. Jot that one down. Have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So we're created in righteousness, we grow thereby, according to the Word, being renewed in knowledge. I, I love to study the Bible. I, I've got to confess this one day. I'm, have you ever had that time, Tony, I know it's happened to you and Steve, with preachers, you're studying, and you're studying something, and you know you ought to see it, but you're not getting it. I mean, I mean it's there, and you just keep looking at it, and, and as students of the Bible, you keep looking at it, and you think, finally one day I'm sitting at my desk, and I looked down, and, and I mean, there it was. I got it. Jeff, it finally clicked. And man, I was so excited, I went like that. And the secretary got up and answered the door. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I was that excited. When we grow in our faith, now what does that summarize it? Well, in word, what we say, how we live, the love we express, the attitude we have, all of that is strengthened and we grow by our knowledge and our faith. i got a lot of young mamas and daddies in here and I know they're all scattered throughout. So if you know of any that are not in here with their children or other classes, share with them this. I am so thankful what I'm seeing as a great resurging, or it matters in some ways, surging of family devotionals each night at home. We have a couple at church. They are expecting their fourth young'un. They already have three. One's five, one's three, one's two, and then the one coming. And they sit right here on the second row. And I'm going to tell you, you'd think they would have their hands full. And some days, they have their moments. 
But I'm not kidding you, folks. 90% of the time, those children sit just as still in worship as anything you have ever seen. It will amaze you. And I found out why. It's because at home each night, they are learning to sit still when it's Bible time. They're learning to sit still when it's family devotional time. And it's easier to maneuver and develop that in the house when nobody's watching than to try to train it right here. A lot of times children have a fit in worship. You know why? They're learning. But it's that moment at home that trains. That when they come, they know when Mr. Jeff gets up, I'm going to listen. Do they have their moments? Yes. Hey! Some of us in here have been Christians 30, 40, 50 years and we have our moments. Sometimes they go like this. But then again, there can be medicines you don't know about or, or things or something or a problem with life. I don't know. Now, if you're just going to come in and sleep every time during church and you're not under medication, then may I take you back to spirit and attitude? I saw one fellow nod off one time on the east side and I forgot where it was in my sermon and started all over again. We got out at one thirty. No, I'm kidding. But you see what I'm saying on faith? You know, that's something. And so, parents, if you haven't kicked in the family devotionals, and look, they don't have to be long and strung out. There's some great stuff on there. And I'd be glad to share that with you. I, I've been amazed how effective it really grows. Here's the last one. Impurity. See, if we grow in our faith, then our words, our conversation, our love, our charity, our spirit will be strengthened by faith and strengthened in purity. Write down James 1.27, the definition of put pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. A right example. You put it all together, folks. It results in one who's pure in heart. Matthew 5, 8. Are you searching for an example? There are those who are searching. When they're searching for the church, they may see you. Are you the example that you need to be? In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. The last hour we extended the invitation on how one obeys the gospel of Christ through simple faith and repentance and confession of Christ being buried with Him in baptism. We also made a plea that if you're searching for the church and this hour, if you're searching for an example, Paul's given us the pattern. May I ask this question this hour, building on the question last hour of the invitation. Are you really the right example before others you need to be? Or do you need to confess some sins? Do we need to pray with you and pray for you to renew and revive you? If so, will you come as we stand and sing?